Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Mitch, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. So you I have a, uh, I believe it's a heat pump uh, unit outside because I have uh, an option on my thermostat for emergency heat with heat strips. Okay. Uh, it's a train unit. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a heat unit, but maybe you can tell me. So during this last week during the ice storm, uh, when that ice hit that unit, uh, when I had the heat turned on, uh, that thing, I can hear it. Uh, very loud noise from inside, and I walk out there, and it looks like that whole unit's trying to shake off the mount, the, the stand. It was just right. loud as heck. So I, I turn it off, wait an hour, turn it back on, same noise. Yep. What? Uh, I've been I've been Google searching. Hey, it may have frozen up. There may be ice on the blades. And I, I kind of equate it. If you get ice on a prop on an airplane, it, it, that's not a good thing. So yeah. trying to get uh, your input on it and what a resolution on it is. And I haven't ran it since. I've just ran my emergency heating for the last few days, just very low. I think uh, if you turn heat. it on t- today, it would probably be, be fine. Uh, okay. What happens is when it gets down below freezing like that, it'll start building up ice in there. And it's inside the, the cabinet. So if you look down, uh, especially when we have the, the drizzling type rains we were having, it, yeah. If you to look down into the unit from the top where the fan blade is, yes. it probably was building up ice around the uh, perimeter there. And the blades, as they're spinning, are actually knocking ice off, and that's why it's shaking so bad. And that's what the heat strips are for when, when we start having those kind of issues. Flip it over to uh, the heat strips, and, and you'll have to run that until it thaws out again. As an emer- you mean as an emergency heat? Yes, sir. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I've never seen something seen something shake that bad. And if it is, what kind of damage, if any, would have been done to it? I didn't run it very long. Yeah, if you didn't run it very long, there shouldn't have been too much damage. Typically, the biggest thing I see is it might bent the blades on the fan. Yeah. Um, okay. But okay. You know, uh, uh, I would try running it now and. and you know, if it's still doing it, then the ice probably did some damage to the uh, motor itself, to the shaft. Okay. But uh, that yeah. is that is not typical. Typically, you should be fine. And, uh, you know, I've, okay. I've got the heat pumps at my house, and I have the same issue sometimes. So, so worst-case scenario, the fan blade or the, the motor shaft, which you try, I'm assuming you have to buy the motor, just not the shaft, correct? You do, but honestly, it is so rare that, that it uh, messes up anything with the motor. Uh, it's almost okay. always if there is a problem related to the, it, the fan blades themselves. And is it a good idea to, to turn on the emergency heat if, once it hits 32? Because I've done that before without turning on emergency heat. But only, no, it's only happened when I had that ice. Yeah, don't worry about it unless you start having an issue. You know, the, the old heat pump systems... Typically, once you got down to 34, you had to flip over to the uh, emergency heat. Nowadays, yeah. th- these new ones, I mean, they'll go down to 17 degrees and stuff uh, with no oh, problem. Wow. So, yeah. And how can I tell if it's a heat pump, FYI, going forward? Uh, the fact that it has the emergency strip heat on it means it's a heat okay. pump. And, and okay. the fact that I the think. outside unit was running uh, yeah. tells you it's, it's a heat pump. Oh, okay. Good, good, good suggestion. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, sir. You bet. You have a great weekend. We're going to run out to Bonham's, Robert. 
Welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Uh, good morning, sir. Yeah, I am after afternoon now. Half, uh, oh, it is, isn't it? Good gracious. <laughs> I'm adding a half bath downstairs, and I've ordered an upflush toilet. Okay. I'm going to go with that particular setup. you have any experience with those? Any advice as I'm doing this? You know, we've uh, I own a plumbing company, and we've installed a couple of them, and, um, you know, they work fine. Uh, I don't. Yeah. You shouldn't have any any big issues with. I mean, they're doing exactly what they're designed to do. Uh, I will tell you, your your probably your biggest problem is if you ever do have a clog, it can make a mess. <laughs> right. The yeah the the three quarter inch output kind of surprised me. I mean, I understand it's got a almost like a garbage disposal in there. But it's got what's called a, a grinder that. pump in there, and that that chews everything up to to send it through the pipe. Yeah, that that caught me by surprise. It's got a great big vent pipe, two and a half yep. or two and a quarter, but that little small three quarter discharge pipe with the check valve on it that, that surprised me. But okay, so sounds like it'll work for what I'm doing then. You got you. Right. You got yeah, you get, You're headed down the right road, and like I say, you really shouldn't have any problems with it. Um, I I had to put a uh, at my place a uh, a grinder pump for a septic system because right. I I added a bathroom and you weren't able to flow it down line to where my septic system was, and so I added a uh, catch basin or a tank with a grinder pump to pump it over there. I ran that thing for 15 years. Never did a thing to it. Uh, when I changed out to an aerobic system, then I was able to do away with it because I moved the aerobics down in the yard further where I could get the fall I needed without having the grinder pump anymore. Right. Are, it, are, are the pumps loud? No. Oh, good. Never, you never... That, that was... My, my, my uh, porch deck was right on top of it and you never heard it oh good that was one of the concerns from my from my wife was whether or not it was going to be loud so i promised her i would be insulating these walls anyway so yep now you should be fine all right great well thank you take care you bet john where are you at i'm in ardale texas ardale okay well how can i help you well what it is uh it's an old, uh, used to be an old school building, and they made it into uh annex of a church, and it had a concrete floor in it, but it was poured in concrete four-by-four blocks. Yeah. And we got some guy out here to look at it, and he, he said it had to be leveled before you can put a floor in it. And the flooring, the deal he was going to put down, he said it would run about $8,000 to level it out. Some kind of liquid stuff. Yeah, you're going to use a floor leveler on it. Uh, yeah, I guess. And yeah, and and then I checked on the flooring, which was kind of like them boards you put on. I don't know what they call that kind of flooring. Uh huh. And it was going to run about twenty five thousand dollars for the pouring and uh, the floor. And I was wondering if you knew somebody could give me a better estimate. Well, how big an area are we talking about? It's about 60 to 65 foot long, about 30 foot wide. Okay. 
and uh, the, the those squares are they up and down or, or are they pretty much nice and flat? Uh, well, they're pretty straight. You know, they just poured it in squares back in the old days of when right. they poured the concrete, and they're not too much out of level, but they're they're not. The floor ain't quite level, straight. So, so let me ask you a question. Do you think you'd have enough room that you could go two inches on top of the, of it? Oh, I'm sure it could. I think the least expensive thing you could do on that and would look great would be to top it with about two inches of concrete that you can then, uh, one, that's going to level it up, but two, you could actually put a stained or a stamp-type concrete and not have to do anything else on it then. Oh, and you, yeah. You still have a, a nice solid concrete. In the concrete, or did you yep. pour? It? You put it in the concrete when you poured it, or? Well, you can do it both ways. You can either put it in the concrete or on the surface, depending on the look that you want. You know, if you want a smooth floor, you would mix it basically into the concrete for a color, and then as you're finishing it, you throw some other colors in there to to give it kind of a textured a leather look or whatever you want to go for uh if you're going to do stamped you actually pour the concrete and you, you got rubber mats that you use to stamp the concrete and then the coloring goes in on top of it to um, sink into the moist concrete and stain it that way so th- there's some options of doing it with that two inch cap on top that would be, probably cut your cost in half yeah well what about the Putting steel, you have to put steel in that concrete or crack, won't it? Nope, uh, oh, because it you're going on top of existing concrete, yeah. but you can use a fiber reinforcing in the concrete, and that eliminates the need for steel. Uh-huh, okay. Okay, well, I appreciate your call. I'll check into that. Sounds good. You take care, John. Okay, bye. Jay in Hickory Creek, how can I help you? Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. We have uh, laminate flooring, the typical current kind of stuff. And we think there's a couple of issues. Maybe, I don't know if it's the material. I don't know if it's the install quality. But there's one area that has a little bit of a bubble to it. You can press it down, but it comes back up. Press it down, comes back up. It doesn't make a sound. There's another area that you can literally, you can you can make, make it creak by leaning back and forth, left to right. So there's obviously give there. Right. Is there a way to fix this? Because obviously it's intertwined with the tongue and groove or whatever it's called to help make it water resistant. And it's not at the edge of the room at all. And again, there's a couple different areas. Is there any way to repair that? The, the only way to repair it is you actually take up the sections. And those, those ones that lock together that way are typically able to be taken apart. You get into it where you got to repair it and then the floor can be reinstalled again. Uh, using the same pieces, and they're already cut and everything, so it all fits. But, you know, like the last guy was asking about the levelness, both things that you described sound like an issue with the levelness of the floor underneath. And so that would require pulling it up, floating it out, and then putting it back in. Okay, and if you do that, you do a whole big big section around the area of difficulty. Yeah, you basically go from the wall all the way over to wherever the bubble is. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Take care, Jay. 
Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Mike in Stafford. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. Love your show, man. Got a quick follow-up question from last week. Okay. A gentleman, gentleman called in that takes about five or ten minutes for the water from their water heater in the attic to go to the other side of the house to the kitchen sink before he gets hot water. And you suggested he get an under-sink hot water heater, which I did. Now, my question is, I get perfectly hot water for about the first four minutes or so until uh-huh. the two-and-a-half-gallon water, you know, in the tank underneath the sink. Now, when that, when I use that water up, how long does it take for the regular hot water from the water heater in the attic to, to fill up? Well, typically, do, we do, sh- I, do I ever have a direct line from the water heater up front, or do I have to wait until the two and a half gallons heat up every? Oh. You know, no. What what should be happening is that two, that small tank should be used, should be dumping your hot water, and then the it's hooked up to the wa- hot water line. So eventually, the hot water from the big tank should start feeding the small one. Now and it sounds like you're emptying the you're emptying the small one before the water ever reaches is what it sounds like. But eventually, I should get hot water from the water correct. tank in the attic, correct? Yes, yes, sir. So to, just to double check, I just need to make sure that they did hook the hot water line from the attic to the water heater underneath the sink, correct? Correct. Okay. It's like I said, it works great. Your suggestion was great for immediate hot water, but two and a half gallons only goes for a few minutes, and then I've got to wait again, so I just wondered if I was doing something wrong. No, it just sounds like your run is just too darn long. Uh, You know, normally I would put it in like a five-gallon under there. uh, Yeah, I don't have room for that. Or a small tankless. And And the nice thing on the small tankless, it plugs in just like what you've got there now. But the minute the hot water from the other tank gets there, the tankless will shut off. And so you would never be without hot water doing it that way. Okay. Well, I tried your suggestion, and my wife was totally happy. She had hot water immediately. But then after the water drained from the under tank, then we didn't have hot water again. So I just wondered. Yeah, it sounds like your run is just a little too long uh, for that two and a half gallons. It It needs more. Well, that's all we could fit underneath there. But okay, take, my friend, take have a, look a good at weekend. The, thank you. Take a look at the, the, the take a look at the small tankless unit because it would use even less space than that little two and a half gallon, and it would give you continuous hot water. Okay, good suggestion. All right, thanks, Jim. Take have care. a good weekend, man. You too, Judy. This is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. My husband and I moved into this house about seven years ago. And it's got cedar siding on it, and we've been trying to figure out why it just won't it won't heat up in the winter time. And we finally figured it out because the siding, as it comes up to every window, door, or the corner, they've got these one by three, you know, straight pieces of wood, and so there's holes every time, you know, because it's tongue and groove siding. Right. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh yes, yeah. So it's leaking like crazy. 
my husband is thinking that the only way around it is to take off all the cedar siding, go with Tyvek around the whole place, and then replace it with, like, hardy plank. Is there any cheaper alternative? Yes, there is. What? But I, I don't want to tell your husband he's, he's wrong on that, so we won't talk about those. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, what, do you know, does it have insulation in the walls? Yes, he says it does. Okay. Your cheaper alternative would actually be to put a foam insulation in those walls. They can retrofit it. And basically they would just drill some, some holes, drop a tube in there, and fill it solid with foam. You're no longer going to get air blowing through the siding in, into the, the, where the insulation is and, and into the home. Uh, it basically would encapsulate the walls. Leave your attic with the fiberglass that, that it probably has. And that'll, that'll be just fine, but that will take care of the air infiltration that you're getting because it's like going around and sealing everything up with foam, but it's going to add our value to your home as well, so help lower the energy bills and make it a heck of a lot more comfortable and quieter at the same time. Would that seal up those, you know, the little the openings um, by the windows and the doors? Yeah, it's... Our, it's, you know, it's, it's it seal everything up. It would? Okay. Yep. And they just go around and make a whole bunch of little holes? Yeah, basically they start at the top, and it can be done either from the inside or the outside. Normally what they do if it's on the outside is they can put a wooden plug back in there so it doesn't show real bad and you don't have to do sheetrock repairs. But basically they, they drill that hole and then drop a, a tube down, and it, and it starts filling it with foam kind of like shaving cream consistency and it comes up and spreads and compacts the existing insulation puts in the foam insulation and uh, basically seals everything up gonna head to college station bill welcome to 740 ktrh hey thanks for taking my call jim appreciate you calling yes sir um with all this rain we had and the freeze we had up in college station in north um our septic system start back up. We've been in the house for three years, and yet uh, haven't had really any trouble with it. We've added, you know, the once a month and additive and so forth, the yeast. Uh, any suggestions on, uh, I did have it sucked out, emptied. And, uh, again, that was about a month ago. And then with all this rain and everything, figured... It was just where the ground's so saturated and couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, so, any suggestions? How old, a, how old a system is it? Estimated to be about 25 to 30 years old. Uh, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you then. <laughs> you have probably hit the life of the leach field. And normally what what that's going to entail is having to have a new leach field put in and it'll depend and some sometimes when you're within certain city limits they'll let you put it in some won't uh if they won't they're going to expect you to switch over to an aerobics type system but uh i i hate to tell you but yeah when you hit that 25 30 year mark you are typically hitting the life life expectancy of the leach field itself and you know that doesn't mean the tanks are bad. That just means that the 
lines that were put in and the gravel and everything have have done so much already they just don't have anything left to give and so uh it ends up having to be either new lines put in or like i said an aerobics type system now sometimes what you can do in order to gain just a, a little bit more time out of it uh sometimes running a snake through the lines will will rattle it up and and crack the buildup in there enough to to buy you a little bit of time but during that time you want to make sure you start saving money and setting it aside because the day's coming where you got to replace it david is you're headed down to mcallen huh yes sir driving down to mcallen left san antonio a few minutes ago i got a problem with my uh my wife and i were empty nesters and we decided to put a mini slid system in the kids rooms when they left and as I'm driving out of the driveway a few minutes ago, my wife yells, the mini split system is not working. So I ran back inside and uh, all three units at the same time. And I, I obviously thought it must be a breaker problem for all three to go out. But the breaker seemed fine. So where else can I go? Do you have one outside unit with three inside, or or is it uh, yes, each one yes. a separate unit? Okay. No, no, it's one outside unit, and but if the outside unit doesn't have any type of button or reset button or anywhere that I can push. And then, uh, well, my secondary question is going to be: Do you have power to the inside units? Are are they uh, Can't little tell lights the lighting up? They don't turn on. Okay, so I, not, I can't tell because they're they're wired somewhere within the, you know, in the attic or something. Right. Uh, so I can't go test the plug. But none none of the lights or anything are sh are lighting up. No, correct. No. Okay. No. The well, no, the lights are on. Oh, the lights All the are on. People in the rooms are fine. Yeah. But yeah, but on the on the uh, the wall mounted units and such, there should be a light or digital something that shows. Uh, that it's got power. Is is it totally blank, or does it have any light? No, there there is a little little window on the right hand side. Um, it's a reset. It, it's got some digits on it. And okay, they're digital, so it must have power in there. Yeah. Okay, and and here's why I was asking that. What happens with some of these mini splits when you have one unit outside and multiple inside? If you start setting uh, one on air conditioning and one is still on heat, it, it fools the system and, and actually shuts it all down. So what you end up having to do is oh. is shut all it the units confused. off. Yeah, it gets confused and, and it locks it up. So shut everything off. Uh, go around to the, through the, to the different rooms and turn them all off. Just leave it off for about five, ten minutes. And... Then make sure that you set them all back to either heat or cool. I'm sure you're probably trying to set it to cool right now, but uh, right. Oh, okay, and, okay. And, that and that'll sense. get it. That'll get it working again. I gotta get. Them, I gotta sync them again. Okay, I'll try that. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Take care. All right, God bless. Bye bye. We're gonna head to Richmond and Alan. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, I got a couple caulking questions as far as outdoor uh on the exterior of the house um what type of caulk do i need to use for around the windows specifically like a um like a bay window and yeah. then secondly um 
the midway point of the house. I'm not sure what it's called, but the little space that's probably about half an inch running up the house. Expansion um, joint. And those, okay, there you go. Um, yeah. That's uh, kind of disintegrated in the weather and whatnot. What type of foam or whatever is in there do I need to replace it with? And then what do I use to caulk that area as well? Okay, so outside, I typically recommend using a 35 to 50-year caulk. And I usually like to use a siliconized caulk just because it, it has a little more flexibility to it. Uh, and, and that usually works out great around the windows and doors and stuff. That expansion joint, though, uh, usually you want to put a foam backer rod in there. It comes okay. in, in what looks like a rope, and you can just pack it down in there. And then you can cover that with that same type of caulking if you want, but they make one that's called Big Stretch. It's hard to find, but it's it's uh, got more stretchability than just the regular caulks do. Because that expansion okay. joint, uh, as the soils dry out and get wet, you know that, that area there is made to uh, take the expansion contraction of the building materials as well as the minor movement you're going to get from the soil expanding and contracting. Okay. Should I try to take out the foam that's already in there and then just do it over? Usually, yes. And okay. usually usually that stuff, uh, you know, is so bad that it'll just disintegrate as you try to start pulling it out. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's what I needed. Thanks so much for your help. You bet. You take care. I uh, remodel my small bathroom with glass shower and toilet only one ceiling is ac vent fan vent i am starting to get dark spots could be mold due to moisture using the shower what can i do to prevent this do i need to replace my ceiling vent fan well it depends uh one you know, I, I don't know that I'd worry about it being mold. It's probably a mildew more than it is mold. Uh, the secondary thing is, are you running the fan? You know, a, a lot of times we don't use them. They're there, but we just don't use them. Or when we do use them, we don't use them enough. So, you know, that would be the, the one thing that you need to decide. Are, are you using it? Now, the second thing on the fan that you really got to check out, Where's the fan going? You'd be amazed how many of these fans are installed and they got no duct on them at all. They literally are just sucking the air right there into the ceiling joist or up into the attic. And you want to make sure that it's venting outside. Now, that doesn't mean you got to penetrate through the roof in order to exhaust it. It can run over to an eave and, and drop out through the eave, but that's going to be a, a big one. And... If you are running it and you're still getting, you know, this type of problem, it could be that you, your uh, CFM is not high enough. That's the amount of air that it moves isn't, is not uh, high enough for the size room you have it in. Uh, they, they make different size fans for different size rooms. And that would, you know, if you're running it and you're having this type of issue, that's going to be one of the big ones to check. Uh, how much air is this supposed to move? And do I have one big enough for the size of room that I'm trying to keep cleared out that way? Now, let's uh, make the assumption that, yes, the fan is the right size for the size room. 
Now we get down to the next problem. Do I have a big enough intake of air coming into the room for the amount of air I'm trying to move out of the room? In other words, is the bottom of the door going into the bathroom cut off enough to let air flow underneath well enough to to uh, exhaust the bad air? Because if the fan doesn't have any place to pull the air into the room when it's exhausting the air out, it's not going to move enough air that limits what it can do. So those are the, the primary things I would look at. Um, then, you know, if, if that fixes it, then it's going to be just a matter of cleaning the ceilings up good and, and repainting. And, and keep in mind, when you paint, you can get a mold inhibitor added to the paint, and that will help, you know, keep it from uh, reoccurring. But keep in mind, you got to have moisture for mold and mildews to appear. Uh, easily done in a bathroom, but like I said, if the, the exhaust fan is working the way it should, that ought to be taking care of it. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.